Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting here with Reed Goosens. Reed, how are you, sir? G'day, Tyler. How are you, mate? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, It's great to sit with you and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today because uh, I know it's going to be very insightful, very enlightening, inspiring uh, to our listeners and I'm enjoying the conversation that we've already had so far and I know we're going to bring a lot of value to the folks today. So thanks for taking time and uh, with that said, Elevate Nation, welcome back because it's time to take it to another level. I have no doubt we're going to do that today. We're going to raise the bar, and I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is where we're going to talk about mindset, habits, routines, systems, tactics, strategies, tools, so much more than that as well from those who are elevating to a life without limits. So you can do the same or even more for yourself. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And if you're enjoying the show, we certainly encourage you to subscribe, give us a rating, a review, uh, share this with a friend because ultimately our goal is to reach millions of people with this message. We believe that you can live a life of fulfillment, of joy, of happiness, of unlimited abundance if you combine the forces of personal growth, professional growth, and successfully investing in real estate. We love real estate because it's a vehicle that Reed and I are very fond of. Of course, there's many vehicles out there that can create financial abundance. Um, You know, so so apply this in whatever way works for you. So with that said, that's my long-winded introduction. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to Reed Goosens and we'll dive in here. So only eight years ago in 2012, Reed quit his job in Australia and moved halfway across the world to chase a goal. He moved to the U.S. without a job. He had no established network and no family members for support. He backed himself and took a leap of faith. With limited funds, Reed purchased his first property all cash for $38,000 in late 2012. Since then, Reed has co-founded Wildhorn Capital and now controls over $250 million worth of U.S. commercial real estate, which is also growing as we speak, and he has achieved financial freedom in the process. Reed is the author of two best-selling books on Amazon, Investing in the U.S., The Ultimate Guide to U.S. Real Estate, and 10,000 Miles to the American Dream, Our Story of Financial Freedom. Reed is also the host of the successful podcast called Investing in the U.S., wherein he interviews real estate investors, business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and go-getters who have successfully achieved financial freedom through investing here in the United States. If Reed can move halfway across the world to achieve all that he has in such a short period of time, then so can the average American. And I love that because that's a call out and it's like, look, let's, let's make it happen today. So Reed, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio. Oh, down to earth type of bloke, you know, (laughs) just uh, pretty approachable. I hope, I hope I'm pretty approachable. I'm trying to try to live a pretty, you know, pretty grounded life and, and make sure that you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, I, 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 which you asked me how I was going before we press record here. I've been surfing this morning. I'm a massive into surfing, into fitness and, um, you know, also really big into, you know, as I've grown as an entrepreneur and, and a leader and, you know, an investor is, you know, focusing on other pillars in life, not just the business pillar. And I'm sure we're going to get into a lot more of that. But yeah, I think if you could try and sum me up in one word, it'd be try to be down to earth as, as much as possible. So yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. One of the things um, I was doing a little bit of kind of research on you and, you know, I always like to be prepared when I'm speaking with someone. But one thing that I, I learned about you is that you're also fond of Tony Robbins. And mm-hmm. uh, you even mentioned a quote that you said, change your story and change your life. Yep. And it sounded like you had a story that you needed to change back in 2012. And you decided to commit pretty substantially and, and literally burn the boats to a certain degree and move 10,000 miles away and, and forge a new path. So tell me about that. I mean, talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so overall, um, Australians, uh, in pretty much part of our DNA is we like to travel. We, uh, we're a country that is down under. That's what's called down under. It's really not close to anything else. And when you do, it's a small fortune to leave the country. And once you do leave the country, you know, you want to explore it. So um, it's really part of our DNA to go and explore the world when we finish university. And, and I did the same thing when, when I finished uni back in 2007. I went to London and worked as an expat uh, in, in, in London for the 2012 Olympic Games back in 2008 spent some time in South of France, gallivanting around on the super yachts for Russian billionaires. Uh, then met my, my, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, Erica, she's an American girl. And, and, and also just, you know, when, when I came to the United States, it was sort of my second time of wanting to be an expat <clears throat> in New York city. That was all it was. It wasn't, it wasn't to come here to try and be financially free or invest in real estate. I already had sort of the bug for investing in real estate prior to moving to the United States, but it was more the fact that I just didn't want to regret not living in New York City for a period of time. And, you know, my whole thing that makes me tick is the fear of regret and, and waking up when I'm 70 and going, geez, I wish I'd made that, that decision to, you know, as you said, burn the boat. Well, not as I said burn the boats, but, but give it a crack and, and, and move halfway across the world and, and see how this, this you know, living in the New York would, would, would go. Um, and the biggest thing that for me is that I got comfortable with the downside. And the downside was, well, if I moved to New York City and I can't find a job, well, I'll just move back to Australia where my family is and that's the worst case scenario. And if that's the worst case scenario, well, then I'm, I'm sure life's going to be pretty freaking good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Actually, you know what it reminds me of is uh, fear setting. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tim Ferriss talk about fear yep. setting, but when you start to put things out in the open and say, well, what's the worst case scenario? And you start to say, well, it's really not that bad because this right. voice in my head tells me that, you know, the fear of this, this uncertain terrible thing that may happen. And then when you start getting clear on what that is, it's like, oh, I can actually live with that. So let's go ahead and take action. Is that something that has resonated with you otherwise in your life? Yeah, well, you know, obviously looking back, yes, you can say fear setting. At the time it wasn't fear setting. It was just like, I'm just going to do this and screw it. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> now it's very intentional when you do have that anxiety for me, at least um, about anything, about any sort of fears, you try and sit with those fears and, and make sure that you understand, okay, well, let's what, what's the fear here? Okay, well, what's the worst case scenario that can happen? This, this, and this, and are you okay with that? You know, like, and, and just sitting with that anxiety anytime you have those fears to really make sure that they, you are going through the worst case scenario so you can get comfortable. And the longer, instead of shoving them deep down inside of you, you address them and, and, and face them head on. And it's like, okay, well, if I do X, Y, Z, it might lead to ABC. Am I okay with ABC? Or if the, the downturn is, you know, the downside is something else, am I okay with that downside? And if you, if ultimately you become comfortable with both options, well then why not take the leap, you know, the step forward and, and go off and do whatever you are that you're trying to contemplate in life. So I think it's really, really important. Whatever you call it, fear setting, um, being comfortable with, with opening door. I, I use the open door analogy. Like we don't necessarily know what's on the other side of the door, um, but just go ahead in life and just open, start opening more doors, right? And just walk through them, you know, and you'll figure out what's on the other side once you get through the door. So don't stress out too much about what's on the other side when you don't, you can't even see it, nor do you even know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And if, 
if we knew every answer too, the story wouldn't be nearly as fun and exciting. So right, uh, right. I totally agree with that. And um, one thing I'd love to know, you know, you mentioned just sort of in describing your journey is that it was before you got the bug of real estate. You know, you, you knew you wanted to live in New York. You just wanted to experience that. It was before you got the bug of wanting to invest in real estate. When did that show up for you? Well, actually, no. So wanting to invest in real estate happened before I moved to the United States. Okay, that, okay. It, it, was, it was the Rich Dad Poor Dad book uh, back in yep. 2009. I just got back from gallivanting around the world for a couple of years late 2009, early 2010. And I was like, look, I can't live in, or I can't be in a cubicle for the next 40 years of my life. Yep. Uh, and, and, and at the time I didn't even know what the word entrepreneurship meant or an entrepreneur meant. I just knew that I needed someone to pay me to live my life. Well, no one's going to do that. And no one's going to just pay you, give you a check every month and go traveling around the world. <laughs> it's like, well, let's think about investments. Well, what is an investment? Like, wh- and what do you want to, what vehicle do you want to invest in? And for me being a structural engineer, because that's what I studied, it was, you know, about building stuff and physical assets. And, and my dad also, you know, he's a high school teacher, you know, very humble means, but he, he had a little bit of a success with investing in Australian real estate. And I thought, well, there you go. That's what's going to be. It's going to be Australian. It's going to be real estate. And, and I went out and then, you know, avidly tried to seek information and, and networking events and read books. But the, the rich dad, poor dad was that sort of the, the bug to, to, to plant the, well, the seed, to plant the seed, to then give me the bug to want to go off and start investing in real estate. So, so yeah. It's, it is absolutely amazing how powerful that book has been for so many people across the planet and just changing the thinking, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I love books in general is because, you know, many books can change the way you think and change the way that you see the world and it opens up new possibilities. And, and it's almost like that was the door that opened for you, right? You look right. behind the door and you said, wait a minute, I don't have to be in a cubicle for the rest of my life. But at the same time, you know, I can't just travel around and, and dilly dally and just have a great time all the time. No one's going to pay me to do that. So what's the practical solution here? Sounds like real estate was that. And as a trained engineer yourself, how has that served you in that transition into being a full-time real estate investor? Oh, hugely, you know, working across the globe on different infrastructure projects, uh, both with the Olympic Games. I, I, when I moved to New York City, I didn't even have a job and I went knock, door knocking on every single engineering place I could find on Google that, that appeared to be less than 50 employees because I knew with less, less than 50 employees meant they didn't have a HR and without HR, they wouldn't see that I went to a university that wasn't an American university, so they wouldn't chuck my resume out. So <laughs> it was a little bit more, you know, method to my manners. But yes, I, I did engineering for a couple of years here in the state in the United States. And then I used engineering to actually pivot into, um, because part of you know, me being here, I needed a, a visa tied to an employer. And before I got married to my, my lovely wife, uh, who to get the green card, I actually in 2014, um, jumped ship and said, well, if I've got to keep working for the next whatever period is and, and, you know, with the side hustle, um, why not go and work for a developer and, and be in, 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 you know, enthralled in the business 24 seven. And so I was able to use engineering as that catapult into the other side, the ownership world um, and, and bring my skill set over the, over to their side. And I was there for three and a half years learning the business. And then at the end of 2017, after I got married, I was like finally be able to, to leave the, the day job and, and go out on my own. So, so yeah. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. 
That's awesome. Well, obviously, um, you're, you're somebody who can navigate a, a landscape, right? A, a global landscape and, and find your way into positions. One thing that does strike me about you is that you're an individual who is driven to be above average. You're driven to be uncommon. And, um, you know, because you achieve financial freedom, but you haven't stopped there. So what is that within you? I mean, what's the fire that really drives your approach? Well, let, let's talk, let's break down financial freedom. What is it? It's an ability to pay yourself a wage that is not from someone else, right? Like, you know, there's a whole level of different financial freedom. I just, I achieved the first one, which was be, be my own boss. Mm-hmm. And over time, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I, with real estate, I, I look at the, you know, particularly multifamily, I look at it like planting seeds uh, for the long term, you know, and hopefully in five, 10, 15 years' time, I can start, you know, basking in the shade of those big oak trees. Um, but back to your original question of the why. It was just the fact that I knew I had more to give in life than just be, be an employee. Um, I think more, you know, we all realize that this, you know, I, I loved studying engineering. I loved going to university and, and learning, but the practicality of just like, I know I'm making someone else a lot of money. Uh, you know, you know, my, my time has just been, you know, been traded for, uh, for money and I didn't want that. I didn't want to have to, I was like, that, that's it. That's going to be the next 40 years. No, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. So it was just that type of inner burning that, okay, well, how do I go and do something different? And that's where it led me down the path of, of real estate and becoming an entrepreneur and, and really taking control of my life. And that is what drives me. And that is what, you know, my life, a life by design and, and have the ability to travel the world and, and not be constrained financially and, and experience new cultures and, you know, fly back and forth to see my family in Australia. All those great things come from being financially uh, free. So having, you know, something that, you know, if you have a job, you can't, you're not really financially free. You're tied to a desk and, and you can't leave until you're two weeks a year. So I'm, it would, the, the whole thing is just about time freedom and, and making sure that I'm in control, Reed Goosens, of my own time. And that's what everyone should hopefully be striving for. And in real estate, again, like you said earlier, is just one of the vehicles that you can use in order to uh, unshackle those chains and be- become, you know, financially uh, time independent. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. Absolutely. And, and obviously we both believe deeply in that vehicle or else we wouldn't have really committed our life to it in, in so many ways. But, you know, the, the exciting part about it is, is that, you know, there's always another level, right? You know, you can go from good to great and you can also go from great to excellent. You can go from excellent to outstanding. You go from outstanding to extraordinary. I mean, there's always another level to you know, bring yourself to that next piece, that next mm-hmm. place. And, and what can you do to give that to someone else as well, which is so exciting. And, you know, it's a journey. I mean, we're never going to reach, you know, the final destination, but we're always going to be improving ourselves. And I don't know if you're anything like myself, you enjoy that process. You enjoy who you become as a person and as a whole, you know, whole well-rounded individual as well. And you mentioned earlier, other pillars outside of business that are important to you that really serve this path. And could you talk a little bit more about that? What are, what are those other pillars for you? Yeah, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There was times where business was the only thing, right? And, and health and family and, and relationships went by the wayside. And, and it wasn't, I wasn't as mature as what I am today. And now I'm not saying that I'm, you know, some sort of Gandhi, but I'm, you know, I'm 34. I've had a bit, well, you know, I've had through, through personal loss in recent years, um, I, and you know, I, I'm more than happy to, to share that. Like my mother passed away in 2017, uh, just after my, my wedding. And, and I, I sort of wish I was able to be where I am today back in 2017 and, and all the, all the sort of the emotional baggage that comes along with, 
you know, living in a foreign country and chasing your dreams and maybe not being there when you should have been there. Like all that stuff wells up and understanding that, well, why the hell are you doing this? Like what's the point in life and, and, and what's the point of trying to chase this big deal and yeah, that syndication fees and all this sort of stuff if you can't enjoy the freaking journey. And, and for me, it just really made me understand the differences between priorities and goals and making sure that my priorities are in line and are in check. And, and, and business was the top priority, which maybe it shouldn't have been. Maybe it should be health and maybe it should be love and relationships. And it's okay to be you know, equally dispersed across other pillars because when you do hit rock bottom, it's because your other pillars in life don't aren't there supporting you. If you just are leaning on one pillar, which is maybe business, and that blows up in your face, well, the only place to go is down, right? So understanding that and being comfortable with the journey, what you said before, and another great quote I love from Tony Robbins is, you know, you are, we overestimate what we can achieve in a year, but we underestimate what, what we can achieve in a decade. And I had no idea that I would be sitting here talking to you eight years later about all this, you know, properties and blah, 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 blah. But the fact is, if I did back to that analogy of opening the door, if I didn't open that door that I said, well, I'm going to get on the freaking plane to New York City and I'll figure the rest out. Yes, there's been ups and downs along the way. Yes, I've become more knowledgeable and self-aware of, of where I am as a leader and, a, you know, husband and uh, CEO and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's, the, it's that journey that you talk about that you've got to really enjoy because we will want to all scale to the mountaintops, but you've got to enjoy the view along the way because once you get to the mountaintops, there's going to be another mountain you want to climb, right? So you're always making sure that you are enjoying the journey. And for me, a lot of people, and I, I, have, I have conversations with my business partner, he's, he's got a few more, he's got kids, so he's a little bit different mindset to me, but I kind of don't care what happens in 10 years' time. I know that the last 10 years have been freaking awesome and I never had any idea that it was going to be as awesome as they are. And just to know that I did that by myself, well, I know the next 10 years are going to be even better. And so just enjoy that along the way and stop putting pressure on yourself. Like, oh, by the time I'm 45, I need to be here. You'll figure it out. You know, like it's just relax, smell the roses and enjoy the journey. Absolutely. Do you think that the mindset of, of believing that the next 10 years are going to be better than the past sets you up for that? Or do you think oh, it's, sure. it's chicken or the egg? I mean, talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, I'm a huge believer in subconscious beliefs, you know, like in, in, in what you put out in the world and I don't want to get woo woo on it, but like, you know, how you resonate and the wavelength you resonate on. If you resonate on a stressed, stressed out wavelength that you constantly are worrying about stuff, well then, yeah, you're going to, you're going to worry yourself into an early grave. But if you, you change the, the, the commentary in your head, because we always have, everyone has, it, it's always the chatter going on. If you change that to say, no, the next thing is going to be freaking great, dude. And don't worry about it because it's going to, it's going to work itself out. And then coupled with that is the proof, right? Like the whole proof of looking back and you have to look back to, to, to appreciate what you, what, what, not just me, but what everyone does in life. And I encourage everyone to do that um, because that helps you have gratitude for where you've come from. And that helps you then set up those right voices in your head to say the next 10 years are going to be freaking even better. So, yeah, so. I could not agree more. Actually, it's it's really fun to look back and say, "Wow, you know, I, I may be down on myself or whatever," and but I looked back on the last year and said, "Wow, but I did this, but I did this," mm-hmm. and and you can actually take an inventory of the things that you did do or the things that you tried. Right? You know, there's right. you're not going to succeed in everything, and it is amazing the level of gratitude that you know comes from that process, and then looking forward how that serves you. 
Yeah, no, and I just want to add to that is like we we and we all have bad days, right? And and we always yeah. get the sort of the blinkers on and going, well, this is the 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 television I'm looking at right now. When you just got to sort of stop back, stop and take those blinkers off and go, oh, that's where I actually came from, way over there in the distance, and it's going to be okay. That yeah. is something that I think, and and you know, we all as human beings, and particularly in social media world, and I don't want to get into that sort of stuff, but we just want <laughs> things to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And you know, particularly in our generation, being millennials, and I'm an early millennial, is like we, yeah, I want to happen. I want that happen two days ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and yeah. it, it's it's good and it's bad, um, but it's it's understanding how you can turn off and and and, and turn on and, and enjoy the journey and making sure that you are present and self aware and all those sort of good stuff. So, so yeah, the thing that the 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 idea that really excites me is that I can hold two ideas in my mind at once and they may be opposites. So, you know, I look at society and, and, and say many people are saying, well, you know what? I want this now. I want this tomorrow. I want the microwave culture or whatever. And the other side of it is, you know, I'm just going to grind hundred hours a week for 30 years and then I'll get right. there. But in the middle is something that you just mentioned there in terms of subconscious and maybe even bending reality by just having an understanding of what that means and leveraging your subconscious and le- leveraging really infinite intelligence. I mean, I, I learned about this when I read Think and Grow Rich for the mm-hmm. first time, you know, several, several years ago, which I reread every year. And I didn't know anything about it. I knew nothing about the subconscious mind. I mean, it sounds like it's something that you're passionate about studying as well. So how are you, how are you feeding your subconscious mind, you know, inspiration or positivity so that the next 10 years can be even better than the last 10 years? Well, at first, I think it comes down to identifying what you need. So I have a business coach and, and she's really more of a life coach and helps, doesn't actually really help me with the business side because the business side for me, being a math geek, um, you know, E equals MC squared, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the, the C squared is the variable and that variable is me. And the, the constant is kind of the business, you know, going and reading P&Ls and, you know, underwriting properties. And you, you obviously need to learn that in the beginning, but over a period of time, that becomes a constant. It's the same process when you close on a deal or you go chasing a deal or you negotiate a deal. It's that, it's the variable, which is us as humans, which is the, you know, the 80, 20 rule up what's happening the, two, the top two inches of our head that really affects how we go and apply those constants, i.e. the business uh, in everyday life. And so for me recently, finding this business coach, again, wasn't for the business to excel, but knowing that I had some hangups on certain things in life that were stopping me from taking me to that next level. And you mentioned that before, taking that next step in life and, and, and taking the next level. You know, my 2020 goals, what I said to my, my business coach was like, I've been cruising at this altitude for a period of time now. I need to up my game and not just in business, but across all pillars again in life. And I need your help doing it. And so we focus more on what are the hangups? Why can't you do what you need to do? Or what what are the certain things that you think in your subconscious that um, are holding you back? And so back to, you know, trying to learn more about it. It's really trying to learn more about myself and what, what those hangups are in order to release them and change that inner chat um, because it's, it's, we all have that inner chat. We all have those um, fundamental belief systems that we've you know, been ingrained in us for, as ch- from children that we need to understand we can also unwind those and unravel those and change them to move forward to, in order to be more successful. So it's really tapping that, 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 that inner, you know, whatever it might be, your inner child, so to speak, and, 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 rewiring some of the, the, the neuro, the neurological, neurological pain uh, pathways within the brain in order for you to make sure that your subconscious is aligned with your conscious. So, um, so yeah. 
Absolutely. It's so powerful to be able to uncover, you know, those belief systems. And again, I mean, we go back to Tony Robbins, he calls it BS, right? There's a lot of BS that has been planted in our mind by our environment since we were young, you know, whatever it was, you know, there's global belief systems that, you know, all Asians love rice or, you know, there's a global (laughs) belief system that all Kentuckians walk around with no shoes on. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's things that we believe that may or may not be realistic that obviously, you know, take hold in our mind. And so what, what other, what other ideas or, or beliefs do we have that we can or we cannot achieve something? And I would imagine through that process that you found that the question for yourself was, why not read? Why can't I do something greater next? Well, it's all, and, and the bigger thing is, and probably another massive thing that I've, I've become comfortable with is taking a bet on yourself right? There's so many things in life where you try and, oh, I'm going to invest in this person or buy this book because they're smarter than I am. Well, no, hang on. You can invest in yourself. Like the whole me coming to the United States was, it's kind of selfish. It's like, I wanted to live in a, a life in New York city. And I'm very fortunate that I come from, you know, I, I didn't have to come from massive means, but I am of wealth that I can get on a plane and move halfway across the world. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, but also understanding that I can back myself at the same time. And that decision to say, I'm all in on myself, knowing that I don't have the answers to, to everything, but knowing that I can go and back myself and, over time, you just start, you know, practicing that. So every time you, you back yourself and you be successful, you push the boundary and that next push, you get even further. And the whole thing of being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Uh, and that's, it's so true. It's like, if you can't practice being uncomfortable every, every day, every week, then you will always stay where you are inside your bubble and you won't ever expand and grow. So it's so it's it's so exciting as well, because when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, then you have a new support beam as to why the next, you know, leap of faith is possible or inevitable. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing because it's like it's 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 the process. You have to take that leap of faith. You have to push yourself out of the comfort zone to realize that, you know what, the comfort zone is now expanded. Now I'm actually more comfortable here. And well, I need to get myself more uncomfortable. Has has discomfort been a guiding light for you as well? Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and it goes and it goes back to the fear of regret, right? It, yep. That is that is a discomfort. I know that that was such a strong inner burning that I as nervous as I was to take to leave Australia and leave the comfort zone. I knew I just knew that it would be the best decision of my entire life. And it was, it has been, you know, it's hands, hands down, it has been. And so, you know, and for me, travel is that, you know, travel is what, what I am. I've traveled to this country. I, I've traveled across the globe. I love seeing other people and other, other cultures, learning from them, being grateful for what I have and what some other people don't have. Um, and for me, that has really always been the, the surroundings of or, or, or what makes me tick. And, um, you know, and that's just, just getting out there and experiencing the world. I think it's, it's super important to do that and, and, and get, takes, get, takes those blinkers off, right, and takes those belief systems, as Tony Roberts says, the BS away, and, and, and realizing you're just a very small piece in the entire universe. So. That's so true. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on travel. I mean, it gives you a new perspective. You know, right. it's like you're this world, this little bubble that we all live in that we think, you know, the entire planet or the universe revolves around us. You step <laughs> out. It's like, you know what? My problems are so minuscule. Oh, and so minuscule. we can create opportunities for other people. Um, you know, just having the understanding of what else is out there and, and so much vast, you know, 
culture differences, people, perspectives. It's exciting. And I think the vehicle of real estate can give you the opportunity to do that. You know, yeah. you can travel and 100%. see that and experience that. And so that's why we've got to be practical, right? What is, what are we doing to build that vehicle? So let's talk about that. I mean, sure. tell me about how are you raising the bar in your business now to really experience more? Yeah, so for right now, we're at 2,000 units or just under 2,000 units. Um, I think you mentioned somewhere around the quarter bill. It's sort of like, again, you just a bunch of zeros right now. I've never even thought those words would come out of my mouth. Excuse me. But, you know, moving forward, people always ask me, what's the new North Star, right? Like the, the, the original North Star was get, get to financial freedom, become your own boss. Well, I've got that. Well, what's the new North Star? Well, I think the new North Star for me is creating a ecosystem of businesses that feed off one another that ultimately can be self-sufficient, right? Beneficial for my investors, but also beneficial for me as a business owner um, that, that you can create opportunities within itself to become a very stable foundation for a portfolio. And what I'm talking about is, real estate, you know, particularly multifamily, um, there's the actual act of buying and acquiring real estate. And that's one leg at the table, but you could have property management, you could have construction management, you could have deal, you know, product sourcing. Um, you could own technology that helps tenants pay better. You know, there's, you could own insurance part pieces of the pie. Like there's so many little pieces that make up collecting rents and, you know, improving properties and property management and construction. There's so many think facets to, to, to the spokes to the wheel um, that you can ultimately choose what you control. Uh, now, obviously, you don't want to go do all of them because there's a, there's a lot, there's only certain hours in the day. But when you do start to pick up a few of those other pieces, the table, or we just spoke about, you know, legs of the table, it becomes more stable, right? Because you don't just have one leg that you're relying upon. You, you have other legs that, you know, and which is when I say the one leg, meaning the constantly acquiring assets. Now that is the major leg, but you want to have things, other things to support it, other revenue streams. So for me, it's the, the true wealth comes from not only buying real estate, but then creating an ecosystem around that where it be self, self it supports each other, the different businesses, and that can be the platform that just keeps feeding one another to then grow. You know, you can let it grow as big as you want, and you, you really don't have to do a, a whole lot once you get the sort of systems in place and and, and you know sort of the, the engine started and off it goes. So um, so yeah. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year. Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. That's exciting. I mean, um, you know, one of the things I think is so important about that is is recognizing the resiliency of having multiple streams of revenue that may not be correlated to a certain degree, especially now. I mean, it's more important than ever to be in that type of position because, you know, there's certainly many businesses, many types of real estate, many asset classes that are struggling, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that will struggle, you know, for some time due to, you know, the market shift. And so, 
you know, a lot of times people will ask, you know, when, when the sun is shining, so to speak, it's like, why are you doing all these things? I mean, come on, like, isn't enough enough? Do you ever have that right. question to you? Is enough enough? Oh yeah. Look, yeah. All the time. Uh, and, and, and that's, but that's, but enough enough is, is knowing that, you know, 2000 units where it's just me and my business partner, Andrew, and we've got, well, you know, one personal assistant, you know, we need to now start looking at the systems <laughs> and the revenue that comes in from the business in order to bring in employees and creating yep. a business culture. Um, so though, and then we still third party property manage, uh, we still third party construction. We do all the asset management on the asset manager of all our portfolio. Um, Andrew sort of is more the, the, the tree shaker, I call it. He, he, he shakes lemon tree and I determine if we make lemonade, lemon juice out of it. Uh, and, and, and so that's really, you know, how do you go scale that and not be the bottleneck, not be the solo entrepreneur that will ultimately choke the business because you can't get out of your own way. And, and that we should all strive as business owners to get out of our own way and create the system. So we can be more the puppeteer and come in every now and then and just, you know, tweak the, tweak the engineer here and there and not have to spend hours and hours a week um, you know, doing it, which is what we are currently doing and what you have to do when you start it, you know, when you start a business, but over time, the goal should be the North star should be, it should become self-sufficient. Uh, and that's really what we're trying to strive towards uh, today. So, yeah. So what, what's the next big initiative? Is it, you, you mentioned property management. Is there a place where that becomes, you know, a critical mass to where it makes sense to bring that in house? Uh, I know those are two separate questions, but just curious there. Yeah, uh, property management, not so much right today um, because I just don't want the headache of managing people, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 but maybe construction management. Uh, sorry, construction, not construction management because I did the construction management, but the actual physical, we, we have a third-party GC or maybe I can bring in a head of construction who do, who runs the crews for us and, and you know can do the turns and the renovations for us in house rather than reliant upon some a third party um, sourcing from we we already do sourcing from China we we go through a broker who has relationships but do I want to go build those relationships relationships by myself to to get it cheaper well you know you're going to leave some profits on the table because there's, again there's only so much time in the day. But again, understanding where to vertically integrate, make sure that everything is running efficiently. And property management will be one of those things that we will try and probably develop at some point in the future. But I think you need to get to a critical mass, whether it be yep. probably 4,000 units, I want to say, at least, you know, where you can flick the switch and you have that scale instantly to, and it's not necessarily you're going to be profitable, it'd be more that it's, it's cheaper to run your assets. Uh, which will ultimately help uh, the investors with their returns. Yeah, so, it, it doesn't yeah. seem like a business that I would want to be in for the profits because it's no. there's no not much margin there. It is very challenging. But you know, at the end of the day, the most important deliverable in terms of being successful in real estate is to effectively manage your properties, to effectively manage the assets. And um, so I, I can totally appreciate that. And I think it's a good takeaway for the listeners to recognize you know, obviously you want to align yourself with a great third party operator if you're acquiring and operating multifamily assets, but at some point, perhaps it might make sense. So plan ahead. So mm -hmm. what's the next logical step for you guys? I mean, where are you guys going 2020 and, and beyond? Yeah. So the next logical step will be hiring uh, probably a full-time asset manager um, Well, for, for the portfolio to supplement my time because, you know, I, I'm already running nine assets right now. And when I get to double digits, I know it will be starting to get a lot harder. Um, so not that I would never stop that, but you'd, you'd be able to bring someone on full time. But the revenue from the asset management fees is there to support hiring employees where you up until this point, it's really, you know, my, my business partner, and I, we don't take a salary. We, we take the portion of the acquisition fee and, and, and the asset management fee sort of, we, we, we stockpile 
until a point that we're comfortable that we've got enough cash on hand, cash reserves for the portfolio, but also enough to pay employees. Um, and that's where we're going to start developing. And, and now we, we don't ever want to be 20,000 units. You know, our goal is to be, again, life by design, you know, maybe four, three and a half to 5,000 units, um, buying a deal a quarter. Um, I think if we have any more than, you know, five employees, we, you know, we're sort of done growing. Um, we want to be remote. I want to be able to travel back to Australia whenever I want. I'll be able to want, you know, Andrew wants to be able to go on holidays. He just was in Florida for two, for two months. Um, so, you know, how, again, back to that self-sufficient business, that's what we're trying to, the goal is just trying to get there. So when, but, but in the, you know, the most frugal type of way without getting too far out of over, over our skis at the same time. So slow and steady growth, I probably is, is what I would answer that question with. That's a good one because I think a lot of people get so caught up in just grow more and more and more and they forget about the outcome and they forget mm -hmm. about well, what's the lifestyle, what is this vehicle giving me? So reminding yourself what that outcome is and course correcting towards getting there because look, you may not need 20,000 units. You may need no. you know, much, much <laughs> less you know, or maybe 20,000 units supports what you're looking to do. I mean, I'm not saying sure. that's wrong. Right, but, um, right, exactly. But I think aligning with business partners, which Andrew and I have a very good alignment on, is what that future. You know, we, we always joke that if we ever, if we ever got, if we ever need a HR manager, we're done growing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not. We're not in this. You can create such an incredible life for yourself with not having to have a, a billion dollars under management or whatever it is. And we may get there. You know, you never know. I'm never not going to be doing real estate, sure. but it might look different. And it might be a different iteration. Right now, we're owners, operators. In, you know, 10 years' time, when we have successful exits, maybe we become a private equity firm. You know, and we've gone back mm -hmm. other young bucks that, that were our, our <laughs> age and, and, and doing stuff, you know. So, there's going to be different yeah. iterations, but it will always be involved in real estate. Um, so for the next at least five, five years, we're, we're focused on doubling the portfolio and, and building out the, that ecosystem. So, yeah. So to be highly successful as you are and as you continue to be, obviously you're investing in yourself. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what are some important investments that you've made in yourself, whether it's money or otherwise uh, that have really helped you raise your own bar? Uh, I think the the big one is the the business coach. You know, having um, uh, working through the hangups that that we all have, and I personally have as well, and and you know, understanding where my shortcomings are, uh, and really working on those, and being self aware. I think that's super important to be self aware. Um, so having someone else who's not your wife or not your partner, you know, tell you where you're wrong uh, or tell you where you're deficient. It's having a, a third party who's educated in that, and then bringing in the techniques to help. To, to, to work on it like it like it's, it's it's like going to the gym like it's a mental push-up you know uh, so I, I practice a lot of meditation in the mornings um, I've been starting some, a lot of big deep breathing um, processes and really when I trying to catch yourself in the day when you do get a little stressed a little anxiety to be able to stop close your eyes have a couple of deep breaths and then refocus recenter yourself to go on to then do the whatever the task may be um, so there, there are a couple of the things I'm doing today. Um, we obviously becoming more efficient with automation within the business itself. So I can free up my time to, you know, I look at, sorry, I should probably rewind. I look at my time as black, blue, and red, um, and, and black being this sort of stuff, talking to investors, finding new deals, um, really the, 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 the vision setting type of stuff, writing books or, you know, not writing books, but, but, but figuring out what's, where, where we're going, uh, steering the, the, the ship towards the blue is sort of like the manufacturing line. I don't want to be doing the manufacturing line, but I need to be overseeing it. So that's more property management, asset management, underwriting, 
um, you know, just the day-to-day stuff, you know, investor relationships, all that sort of stuff. I need to oversee that, but I don't, I don't, I need to transition a little bit more out of that so I can focus on the black time and the red stuff's all the admin stuff. And, and, and I shouldn't have any, you know, very little time in that, you know, accounting, bookkeeping, um, administration stuff that I just don't want to do. And that is not really moving the needle. So, you know, in an ideal world, you should probably be spending 50, 50 in black and blue, maybe even 60, 40 black to blue. So uh, making sure that when I set up my week and my, my day that I am spending enough time and, and the black also can be personal development, you know, with your, with your wife or your partner um, going to the gym or meditating or something for yourself. Like it's, it's not just business related. Um, so really understanding where that all falls uh, across the week is, is, is super important to me. So, yeah. one, th- one thing I think is so fascinating is just how habitual human beings are and sometimes even how unaware of the habits that we have, right? Mm. But once you start to become self-aware, as you just mentioned, you start to recognize what are you doing on a habitual basis, then you have the ability to consciously create habits. So I'd be curious to know, is there anything that you'd point to that has been consciously created as a habit in your, in your life that supported you? Oh yeah, well I think the meditation is 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 a massive one now. Um, where before, not before, without taking that space of the morning to, and I do it of a morning, and I make sure my phone, like I, I really turn my phone off at like eight o'clock at night, and try not turn it back on till eight o'clock the next day. And when I wake up in the morning, those first couple of hours, it's without any external distraction. It's focusing on myself and you know, taking the dog for a walk and breathing and maybe doing some exercise um, before then getting into the day because. We get so consumed and I was finding myself when I had a job, you know, waking up and first thing you do is flick on the phone and first thing you do is check emails and you got to try and stop yourself doing that um, because it just, I find when I do that, my day is just rubbish. Uh, mm-hmm. I need to have that time in the morning to, to center myself before going and diving in the deep end and, and, and dealing with stuff. Um, so that, that has been a huge, you know, realization of what the habits I used to have versus what I have today. Yeah, I've had the uh, same realization, especially with the phone, is mm-hmm. if, I, if I look at the phone the first time in the morning, first thing in the morning, I recognize that the rest of my day feels like I'm on defense. Mm-hmm. I'm not dictating mm-hmm. the course of my day. It's being dictated for me. And so if I can create something, if I can invest in myself some time and attention into something that I want to do before someone else dictates how I'm going to spend my time, whether it's a response in an email or a project that someone else wants me to be involved in with them you know, it's a big shift and it seems very simple, but how can you spend an hour before you take a look at the phone? It's a very simple process, but I I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Reed, this is a lot of fun. I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. Obviously, you're a rare individual. You're an uncommon individual. We're continuing to scale the mountaintops and we looked across the valley and guess what? We're going to climb another mountain here because this is Elevate. That's what we do. And uh, I've got a few questions here for you. Obviously, you've told me about a book that's been impactful for so many uh, real estate investors across the world, obviously, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But I'd be curious to know, otherwise, I mean, two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read. Yeah, another one. I, I give this a lot of plug. I, I should I should be probably paid for this book, be plugging <laughs> this book. But it's called Key Person of Influence by Dan Priestley. Uh, really uh, incredible uh, way of thinking about yourself as a thought leader in your business. Uh, it's got nothing to do with real estate. It's got everything to do with the mindset and the systems and the assets you build around yourself um, about uh, making sure your business is sustainable and that you are the thought leader within your sphere 
for real estate or for if you're a dentist, you're the best dentist that you, the people know, like whatever that happens to be and, and going out and creating assets around that. Um, he's got, got a second book called uh, Entrepreneur Revolution uh, and he's actually got another one called 24 Assets. So he's got a couple of really good books that I really, really enjoyed and have been uh, game changing in terms of you know how I approach my business. What's the author there? Dan Priestley. So P-R-I-E-S-T-L-E-Y, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Priest, we'll, Priestley. We'll a, Priestley. There you go. Perfect. We'll put a link in the show notes there. I've not heard of those. So that's uh, it's always exciting to hear about a new opportunity to learn something new and to shift your thinking. So thanks for that. Uh, I'd love to know what's the biggest way outside of what we've talked about today. I'm going to push you a little bit further. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis otherwise? Having spouse gratitude. So hearing and seeing your your partner, um, whoever that is. And for me, it happens to be a bit of pillow talk at the end of the evening. Uh, you know, what are we grateful for on the day, but what do we see within one another so that we can hear and see what they've done, you know, for, for us, for the family, for, for me, for them, you know, in the day. And so that's, and that helps build more, build more of a, true partnership and, 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 you know, the, the sort of the sounding board for one another. So, so yeah. So not only what you're grateful for to, together, sharing that experience, but what you're grateful about your partner. Correct. What they, what they happen to have done in the day, like, Hey, I'm yeah. really grateful that, you know, you, you, you walked the dog or, you know, you picked up that, yeah. whatever it was, you know, it was just something that I saw, I saw it. I see you doing it and, and thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. getting married soon. So I read a book called the seven principles of making marriage work. And one mm-hmm. of the things that he talked about, it's a John Gottman, I believe it is. Or I believe it's John Gottman. So he, he talked about turning towards your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding the small things. It's like, Hey, thank you so much for picking up, you know, the, the napkin on the ground. I noticed right. that you did that. Or, you know, I, I noticed that you were crying in the other room. And so I put down my book and I came in to give you a hug instead of, Oh, you know, she, she doesn't know that I didn't see her or whatever. So it is really, um, it's really interesting how, you know, I think your primary relationship is so important. And if we're not, um, if we don't face that, if we don't, you know, invest in that on a daily basis, it's amazing how many other things in our life can crumble down. So hundred percent. Yep. No, I appreciate that very much. So tell me, uh, what's the biggest way that you would say that you elevate others around you, Reed? Well, through the podcast, through hopefully sharing my story and inspiring a few other people, um, but also really trying to be the person to shine the spotlight. I don't, my goal is not to be egotistical and head in the clouds. I want to empower other people. So, you know, I think of the spotlight and, 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 and yes, I'm sitting in the spotlight right now, but hope, I hope in the way that I approach my business, my, uh, my employees, the people I manage, that I want to empower them to be in the spotlight, to take ownership of whatever it might be. And that's everything from my on-site property managers to the, to the tech maintenance guys that, that I work with, to my construction guys and, and, and show them respect as much as they would show me respect. And, and that, and e, look, it's, it's, it's my way of managing. Um, it's not maybe necessarily the right way, but I, it's more from a, you know, I, I want to be a true leader, not necessarily uh, a dictator, if that makes sense. So yeah. So yeah. It's almost like treating, you know, the the CEO the same as you would treat the janitor, right? You sure, know, exactly. Treating, yes. treating people with respect and giving them the opportunity to to live in the spotlight because everybody has something to offer. Everybody has mm-hmm. their own talents. Everybody has value. So uh, I think there's a ton of value in that wisdom, and and I certainly appreciate you sharing that. Reed, this has been amazing. Any any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today? 
Oh, there's been a lot in there. Uh, the, the one I always fall back on is um, one that my dad, uh, he used to always say growing up, and that's a fool and their money are easily parted. And so, you know, don't be a fool with your money. Go out and get educated. Surround yourself with people who, who you aspire to be and, and make sure you're right, making the right investment decisions with your money. So, so, yeah. A fool and their money are easily parted. Uh, that is, that is, there's so, so much wisdom there. I think it, it just goes back to study. It goes back to surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, engaging in the right information and questioning, questioning mm-hmm. everything, right? Because, you know, everyone, there's, there's times where people have ulterior motives, you know, what are you going to do to question information? And uh, man, that's, that's amazing. It's a mic drop moment. So I'll, I will not ruin it there. So, so Reed, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about what you do and, and remain engaged with you on your journey. Yeah. Uh, simplest way is go to reedgoosens.com. That's R-E-E-D-G-O-O-S-S-E-N-S. Links to the books. Uh, the, the first book, the, actually the Audible, uh, Audible book just came out. So you can find that on, on Audible called Investing in the US. You can links to the podcast, links to my investment platform, which is Wildhorn. All the things, just go to, go to reedgoosens.com and that, that's there. And then the, the other thing is if people are coming through LA once, uh, you know, once, once we get safe to go back on planes and COVID, uh, if you're ever coming through LA and you want to meet up for a beer or a drink, um, you know, hit me up at info. That's I N F O at readgoosens.com. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that and uh, elevate nation. I totally want to encourage you to re-listen to this show and you're going to need to take notes because I've got a full page of notes here and I've got to go back and read, distill this down to what's my top three takeaways. I always say that. What's your top three key takeaways that you're going to apply to your life immediately? Because look, we just identified how the best of the best raise the bar personally, professionally, and real estate and beyond. But now it's time to apply it. So what are you going to do to apply this to your own life, to your own business? And I would encourage you as well to share this with someone else, pay it forward, you know, allow someone else to live in the spotlight, you know, what, what value do they have, but what can you do to share this information with someone else so that they, you know, they're not a fool and, and being parted with their own resources. So, um, you know, I think there's so much value in being the teacher. And obviously as you, as you teach to others, you learn more yourself. And I, I'm very fond of that concept, but the biggest piece here is take massive action. And so, uh, again, Reed, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, man. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute blast. Absolutely. Elevate Nation. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.